0: With businesses continuing to be impacted by a global economy, companies must adapt to the evolution of capitalism and the perception of what makes a business successful.
1: I believe that social response capitalism is the new form of capitalism for this century when you have 7 billion people competing for resources, time, mobility, information. Uh, I think what you really want to look for is the virtuous cycle of those companies that are competing on social needs.
0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on Management Decisions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Dr. Bruce Piasecki is the president and founder of AHC Group, Inc., and he's focused on the importance of environmental, social, and governance issues, as well as teamwork. He's here to discuss the key components of this movement, much of which can be found in his book, New World Companies, The Future of Capitalism. Bruce, thanks for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure, Tim.
0: Now, I saw a note that relates to a little bit of what we're talking about today, and what it had mentioned was that since 1981, more than 60% of Fortune 500 companies went out of business or they were downgraded as far as their status goes. What do you attribute at least some of these struggles to in the last few decades?
1: Great question. You know, corporate life and job employment is very much like living on the side of a volcano. Um, No matter how good you are, you don't know when the lava and the explosion is to occur next. You know, so when I started my management consulting firm, Tim, in 1981, I put a laminated copy of the Fortune 500 in in an, an envelope, and I came across it. You know, when my company started earning in four continents, I looked at it again. And I said, "Oh my God, <laughs> two thirds of these companies are no longer there." Right. Exxon bought Mobil. BP bought Amoco. Toyota bought some smaller auto suppliers so that the the first lesson is that if you learn how to do more with teams and you learn how to do more with less, those are the two central themes that I have detected as employment news. That's what the people want to do. They want to find you on those themes in a very turbulent corporate world.
0: Well, it's interesting, the idea of doing more with less. We deal with a lot of organizations, and and that is a a conversation that comes up a lot. Is that something that affects companies on a small level, or is it more of a broader scope? And the reason I ask is because a lot of people bring up, well, yeah, you're hiring less people to do more jobs, and that's a a negative impact versus what you might be talking about and having the positive. How do you view kind of the the balance of both? Yeah.
1: In in my book, Doing More With Less, it's a... by good fortune, Tim, it made it to the New York Times bestseller list after the Wall Street Journal. I talk about three forms of less. One is less waste, you know, less idle gesture, less frustrated gesture, less resources. So when a company makes a car that goes twice as far per gallon, or when a supplier makes a product that answers a material need at 10 or 15% more efficiency, that's what we mean as the second kind of doing more with less. And then ultimately it all boils down to time. Hmm. How do you do more with less time? So in my new book, New World Companies, I talk about the ascent of firms like FedEx or Flex, who managed to get margin improvement by doing more with less through electronic design or logistical efficiencies. They, They managed to create a response to these volcanic urgencies of the time and gain more market access that way and more product differentiation so I talk about doing more with less in the positive sense sure and that the people who are going to be employed in the future are people who I believe find in everything they do a balance between doing more as a part of a team you know they don't have to be the captain they could be a role player they could be a new kid on the block but the idea of displaying in your interviews and in your early days teamwork I'd like to talk to you about some of those tips And then Doing More With Less are the two central characteristics of these books.
0: Well, since you brought it up, and we can jump into that as far as teamwork and tips, as far as success in that area, uh, what are some of the key components that people should look at?
1: Yeah, I I think that I learned this by interviewing Navy SEALs, some corporate teams that I worked for, like uh, Warren Buffett's Shore Industries, which Mm -hmm. is the world's largest maker of flooring and also by interviewing great athletes. like I had the advantage of interviewing Michael Jordan as well as Lance Armstrong, so I saw both the good and the bad. And it's all <laughs> in doing more with teams. Right. And essentially, uh, captains are what run teams, not leaders. Hmm. And captains look for the integrity of individuals, and they look to put those individuals in a pattern of coherence. And so I believe that a captain is someone who's aware of the tendencies of the whole team the proclivities to be not as efficient as you might want to be the proclivities to be more aggressive than you need to be the proclivities to be counterproductive and that a true captain like michael jordan i remember the interview with him vividly he said hey man i had guys on my team like scotty who were easily distracted my job in his case was to forestall his distraction i had guys like scotty pippen who were so graceful they didn't know how good they were, and my job was to make them understand. So I think we learn through teams how to suspend our individual time clocks, you know, where you're punching in and punching out, and flip over the hourglass of our own lives, however short they are or however long, and we come into a state of play that many of your listeners understand, where each grain of passing sand in the day-to-day work adds up to a sense of purpose larger than ourselves. If you can convey that feeling of teamwork, team coherence, team integrity, I think you'll fit in your job prospects. And I think that all great teams share shoulder strength, like in a football team. They Mm -hmm. have diversity and depth and range. And so a lot of the anxiety that a new employee can pass over and throw out the window has to do with the fact that teams really want that diversity and depth and range and talent they don't want just one or two superstars the best teams like the san antonio spurs or chicago bulls understand this in fact military teams actually have a phrase called shared actionable understanding where you know there's dozens of different levels and hundreds of different functions that with remarkable regularity and through extensive training and team building Makes sense. So I actually use the phrase in some of our work workshops called shared actionable understanding, which is the military equivalent sure. to what sports we call team coherence.
0: Oh, I love the comparisons that you give and kind of the metaphors really for people because breaking it down in that way, I think, gives them a different perspective as opposed to, as you said, punching in at your time clock, that sort of thing. Uh, it gives us that unique perspective to it. I want to go back to something you mentioned. You brought up the word purpose. And I wanted to ask how that relates a little bit to the idea of social response capitalism. It's a term that you used. Where does that all fall into play? Does that relate to the idea of purpose? Is that simply something that businesses need to do as we go forward? And how do you view that as far as the broader scope?
1: Sure. I think the 2008 financial crisis reminded the world that there are two different types of capitalism. There's highly volatile speculative capitalism and then there's this steadier type of capitalism you see in the great small and medium-sized and large companies like fedex or toyota what what has happened after 2008 is the lens on risk has changed when you're trying to employ someone or in stock dynamics you're looking for more stability and and that's why in my new books i write about social response capitalism the best firms like fedex compete not only on price and quality which have been the two holy father and sons but through a trinity of also competing on social needs and those might be the need for faster information the need for better team formation the need for mobility the need for cleaner water and more use of materials and so i've come to conclude after you know being a management consulting for a third of the world's largest companies my the eight people in my small firm have all learned that the best type of capitalism is one that continues to compound value across a decade. And some of the firms who work for Tim, like um, Veolia, or, which is a Paris-based water company, or like Inga have been around for more than 100 years, you know, three lifetimes in a sense. Right. Um, and, and that brings us back to the point about the firms that are the best employers, the firms that are the most satisfying to work with, have developed uh, ears uh, almost like rabbit ears that are attentive to the arts of competitive frugality how to do more with less and also attentive to how you work your team to do more with less and so i believe that social response capitalism is the new form of capitalism for this century when you have seven billion people competing for resources time mobility information you really can't afford to have a lot of companies thinking they're going to boom, 30% growth annually. Uh, I think what you really want to look for is the virtuous cycle of those companies that are competing on social needs. So take Toyota, for example, Mm -hmm. which I feature in the book New World Companies. They made the hybrid powertrain, the Prius, which they brought to the family car, the Highlander, which they brought to the quality car, the Camry, and then they brought to the luxury car, the Lexus. it it goes twice as far as it needs to under the law per gallon of gas. They they did it through the regenerative uh, braking ability of a battery to recharge in urban settings that you're not using gasoline, you're using battery charge. Now, in order to make those types of innovations in a world in which carbon and climate and capital are constrained, we have to be clever that way. So my books are really about the new virtues of how to be employed in a Ben Franklin way, where you're frugal, you're creative, you're diplomatic, you're effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the virtues in the books that I write.
0: I'm sure many business leaders, and maybe these are the ones that have struggled to adapt, but they may wonder, well, why is it our responsibility to worry about things relating to energy and environmental strategy on a large scale? Like, Again, yeah, we'll take care of our own sort of area, but you know Why does it matter on the global side of things? How would you answer those that question their duties as far as this goes?
1: But it's about survival and growth. Um, I think that if you look at um, the way many nations are going, like I mentioned to you, we worked for Walmart in Africa. We worked for three companies in Canada. We work often in North America. In all the places of the world, they feel the constraint of population. Mm -hmm. And what they want to do is get the reputation to earn more money, to have the license to grow. Now, the only way you can do that in today's world is to be competitive in terms of the price and and the efficiency of your manufacture and the quality of your product, but also how you address and disclose your responsibilities to society. I, I think that the best way to think of it, Tim, is that corporations are now like a mansion that are high in the sky with transparent windows where people have learned how to look through the windows at the information and find out if this is a reliable employer if this is a sensible product if this is something that's going to have a, a near future and so i don't think of things only through the lens of the environment i think of them through what we call in this book esg lens environment social and governance metrics And I'm showing that the 17% of the firms that disclose competitive information that has to do with their leadership teams, governance, that has to do with their social inclusiveness, and has to do with their environmental energy performance, that 17% is laughing its way to the bank, compounding value and interest more than those that are going down. So as I see it, the new way of winning or you you play in the team of society as opposed to play against uh, only a competitor. And that's a new way of thinking. Uh, My Doing More With Less book is subtitled The New Way of Wealth. The Doing More With Teams book is subtitled The New Way of Winning. And then lately I've been thinking a lot about the future of capitalism because I think that capitalism, like the belief forms of the past, is about teamwork. It's Mm. not just our individual achievements. That get best replicated and extended. It's the things that we spend our lives building teams, and 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 that builds around us the reputation of being a captain. We then set up a set of relationships that are with our customers and our buyers that live beyond our own self desire for fierce individualism. So I I may be the type of person I should say, Tim, that I grew up very competitive. I grew up poor. <laughs> There was, you know, I was Ben Franklin all over again. My father died when I was three, a military man. I made my way to college by being a basketball player, you know, playing at U of Maryland and then getting scholarships at Cornell. So I've been a very fierce competitor, and I'm now beginning to realize that that trains you for short-term value, that it's teamwork that makes you the great employer, and it's teamwork that offers this kind of more positive understanding of capitalism.
0: Well, I have to say, I really uh, appreciate you giving us even a little bit of background there, and maybe that's uh, something we explore more in the future with you as far as, uh, you know, what you went through to get to where you are today. But I really like the phrasing you used as far as competing together as opposed to against one another. You know, you brought up some sports comparisons as far as teamwork and, of course, the interviews you did. And that's how I see it, the way you're describing it uh, with a lot of the leagues, say Major League Baseball or the NFL. It's one large community, essentially, but then they're all competing with each other, but at the end of the day, they sort of have similar interests. Does that kind of fit into play with what you're talking about? It does.
1: In fact, I'm beginning to think after spending time thinking about the Boston Celtics legacy or the Chicago Bulls or the San Antonio Spurs, or even thinking about the Navy special op teams I interviewed, what they offer is a unified focus on team success that goes further than individualistic measure because in in that way it's very much like measuring the success of a live organization Hmm. rather than just individuals. So I think true team integrity is about that. Now, the way to flip it for a minute and think about those in your listening audience that are wanting to get hired or wanting access to a team, I think that from a a person who's managed change in so many organizations that we've worked for, I want everyone to know that I believe the best firms, the firms that you really want to work for, invest in coachable hires rather than individuals that are high performers, right, but perhaps not loyal. Hmm. There, There is a subtlety that sometimes missed. You know, I've been running for 33 years now, every six months, uh, what we call the Achieving Results Leadership Workshops, where, believe it or not, people pay my firm 12500 a year to send three of their top flyers to it, and individuals pay a fair amount, $2,695, to to meet in sets of 80 leading companies to learn from each other. Hmm. And from that, corporate affiliates achieving results work. We really see that the best executives are not just selfish high performers. They're instead what we could describe as coachable hires. When you select someone on your basketball team in a pickup game, you want someone who can signal a response and, and be in a setting rather than just selfish? So in my way of thinking, in order to earn the attention of of being hireable and, and being promotable, uh, we want to create incentives based on how well you team. So lately, when my small firm has been hiring a new person from college, and you know we've now hired more than 100 over time, I'm not looking just at their resume. I'm often asking them, well, what is the best experience you had providing value to a group mm-hmm. or the team? You know, and, and in the battle for attention, what's the best way to get it without being grabbing? You know, I ask them tougher questions about competing in a social setting, and, and, and that's when you find the truly innovative people.
0: Well, Bruce, again, I think you brought us some really great perspective, and I do appreciate you sort of flipping it around for those listening that might be on either side of the table as far as looking to be hired or with a lot of our listeners as well, just owning, running, being a part of an organization where they can take some of the, uh, the tips and insight that you've given us today. Unfortunately, we are all out of time, but I want to thank you for coming on the show, uh, sharing all of your expertise with us. We do appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Tim. We'll do it again. Be well. Keep up the good work.
0: That will do it for us here on Management Decisions and our conversation with Dr. Bruce Piasecki, president and founder of AHC Group Inc. He's also the author of New World Companies, The Future of Capitalism, as well as Doing More with Teams, The New Way to Winning. If you'd like to hear more about this subject, or maybe you have some feedback, send us an email to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our shows on iTunes Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.